We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee to talk about our friends. Well, he's here to talk about everything, obviously. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at Lamb Chops. It's our favorite clothing brand, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. Chris is rocking a Lamb Chop shirt right now. You can get yours at sglambchops.com. Follow them on Instagram at sglambchops. Usually show what they've got. Sometimes they'll throw like uh, some, some items up there and you can just shop directly from Instagram. When you check out at the website, use promo code Candlestick20. You get 20% off your order. And Chris, you look great in that shirt, man. There was a little bit of a fall chill in the air this morning mm, when I got sure dressed. And the t-shirts, they're just a little bit thicker. I think they're perfect for fall. They're perfect as like a base layer when it yeah. does get a little bit cooler. So shout out to Lamb Chops for having excellent t-shirts, particularly for when the weather cools down a little bit, which... You know, it's like high 80s still in Sacramento, but you can tell fall is fall is approaching quickly. It's it's hoodie weather in the mornings and evening. Yeah. And that's what that's what I'm th- I get to work now at 530 a.m. And I'm wearing my lamb chops every morning. It's just in my car and I throw it on when I get out of the car. Uh, you should do that very same thing. If you wear your lamb chops gear to our event at Cooperage, we will give you a four pack of beer. So make sure to get to sglambchops.com right now. Use that promo code Candlestick20. Even if you get 20% off your order, we'll still buy you a beer at our event. So make sure and do that. Candlestick20, sglambchops.com. Join the herd today. Speaking of Cooperage Brewing, there are our other sponsor. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website. You go to that website, you click beers. It's at the top right corner. Once you get to beers, you scroll down, you see what you want. You go to order now. You order a case. And they will send it to you next day shipping. It is the very best way to order beer. That's right. You go online, you pay for a case of beer, and it shows up at your doorstep the very next day. As long as you're over 21 or 21 or over. And in the state of California, Cooperage can do that for you. Chris, an official check is Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA on the website yet. So as we are speaking, Candlestick Chronicles Hazy is not available on the website, but I do know for a fact it is available at the brewery itself. Come on. I'm guessing it's just a logistical thing. It'll be up there soon. Um, meanwhile, they have Diamond Puddles Hazy IPA. They have a You're Gonna Get Wet Hazy Pale, uh, a McCurdy Cove. We drank McCurdy Cove at our little shindig last yeah, we weekend. Did. Obviously, it's excellent. Our buddy Kurt, who was also in attendance at the get-together, is on that can. Um, it's unmistakable. The Moment of Truth is a really good West Coast IPA. Um, cultivating Mass. 2018 World Beer Cup gold medalist. Look, Cooperage is as good as any craft brewery in California, yep. in Sonoma County. I'll oh. put it up against anything, and I will put Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA up against any other hazy. Not because it's our it's our collaboration beer, but because it's legitimately that good. I will it's stand so by. I will stand by how good it is. It's not just a novelty beer in an awesome can. Um, it is legitimately an excellent hazy IPA. So shout out to Cooperage and everybody there. And come to our event September 23rd, Saturday night after the home opener week three. That's a Thursday night game. Saturday works. Uh, that's why Saturday works for our schedule. Hopefully we'll get some special guests there. Hopefully we'll have a charity element. And it's going to be at 7 p.m. 
we've said 8 p.m. previously. It's going to be at 7. Get there. Get a good seat. Uh, we'll get the audio sorted out a little bit better this year, hopefully. And uh, and it'll be a really fun. Well, event. after talking to Kurt at your shindig, I'm not optimistic, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's going to be awesome. I, I really can't wait. I hope to see everybody out there. And if you come out, uh, come say what's up. That's why we're there. We're there to hang out with you and drink beer and, of course, talk a little football. So can't wait for that. 7 p.m. at Cooper's Brewing in Santa Rosa. And, of course, like I said, wear your lamb chops gear, anything, whether it's a hoodie, maybe you bought the the chain, maybe you have a lamb chops passport holder that you want to bring, shorts, hoodie, T-shirt, whatever, wear it. We'll buy a four-pack. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the move. Anyways, we have a real football game to talk about. I'm so excited to to preview not only Niners Steelers, but we're doing things a little bit different this year. We got a couple of new segments that we're going to do, and we're going to dive into those now. And then we're going to talk to our buddy, our former boss. Well, your former boss, my former boss, but also kind of technically my current boss. We'll talk about that offline. Uh, Neil Coolong uh, covers the Steelers, huge Steelers fan, uh, knows the team inside and out. I can't wait to talk to him and really just talk football with him. He's he's a really good dude. So let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Okay, so because of what we have coming up, we are putting to not putting to bed, rebranding our six pack segment. Yeah. And we'll tell you about that in a little bit. But our Cooperage segment is now Cooperage What's on Tap or What's on Tap brought to you by Cooperage. That sounds better. And you and I each week are going to go through What's on Tap. And we're going to predict what's going to happen in the 49ers Steelers game. Yeah. We're going to tell you what's on tap. It's going to be similar last year or the last couple of years with the six pack. Obviously what we did was try to identify players who are going to help tell the story of the game, good mm-hmm. or bad. I think what's on tap is just a broader, a broader way for us to just talk about the game in general, because we do have a pick segment, which we will talk about. And there's an exciting new sponsor there. Um, that'll be in our next segment, but yeah, what's on tap is just going to be a, a different version of the six pack without, you know, differentiating each individual element. We'll just talk about the things we think are going to happen and define Sunday's game, just like a casual breakdown. Yeah, I I um this is my favorite part of the year. Like not favorite part of the year, but favorite pod to do as part of the weekly schedule is the preview pod, and this is just a really cool way that that we're going to get to go about it. So with our first, do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. Great. Hey, Chris, what's on tap for Niners Steelers at 10 a.m. on Sunday? Nick Bosa is going to play football in some capacity. Bang, bang. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> and what? how much football he plays will absolutely impact the game. There's no more impactful player on the 49ers defense, in my opinion, than Nick Bosa, right? Yep. That's, he's the reigning defensive player of the year. He led the NFL in sacks. Um, we know the 49ers defense is is severely hampered, I think, against both, both the run and the pass when Nick Bosa is not there. Obviously, the value to his team is is encapsulated by the contract that they just gave him $34 million per year on average, the largest contract for defensive player in NFL history. Um, And I think he's worth it. And if you're going to pay anybody, it's that type of guy at that type of premium spot. Now, Nick Bosa back at practice on Thursday was in pads, was sort of doing his own individual workout. um, And we don't know how much he did with the team, but it's clear the 49ers are are kind of easing him in. Now, yeah. Does that mean you know, what does that mean for Nick Bosa's snap count on Sunday? I think that's ultimately the biggest question here. Um mm-hmm. because I think given he had he didn't have any training camp, 
you know, Nick Bose has never played a preseason snap for the 49ers. So I'm not necessarily worried about that, but you know, what type of football shape is he in? I would, I would imagine by looking at him, like he looks bigger this year. Like he's the, he's looked in the last couple of years, I would say more streamlined. Like Nick Bose has never Mm -hmm. looked small, but (laughs) he's looked like, you know, 255, 260. But you think about him like, oh, he's got to be, you know, he plays like a 285 pound defensive end. Like, no, Nick Bosa is is, the last couple of years has been surprisingly, I don't even know if sleek is the way to say it, but just not like massive. Right. Mm -hmm. The, The video coming from the Niners reporters today, he looks massive. He looks like. And like in a good way, like his arms are enormous. He's still, you know, he he doesn't look like he's more than seven, eight percent body fat based on, you know, Twitter video. (laughs) But um, was it slow motion Twitter video? At least it was a little bit of everything. I mean, if you go if you go through IG and X, I got to stop calling Twitter X just for you really stop calling X Twitter uh, just for accuracy. No, 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 no. F that. X is stupid. That's journalistically, legit. journalistically, we got to be factually correct. It's X, Kyle. We're not journalists. <laughs> we're commentators. Speak for yourself, buddy. Um... <laughs> oh, you know what? This video, I'm watching the video right now from Matt Mayoko of Nick Bosa. It is literally in slow motion. Yeah. No, it's been so. Oh, my God. He looks he genuinely looks huge. Yeah, he looks bigger this year. Um, I'm glad he finally got in the weight room. <laughs> he finally started exercising. Um, so yeah, Nick Bosa, I would guess he probably plays 50 to 60% of the snaps. Like if I were to make a guess, I don't think he's going to come in and play like 90% of the snaps. That would be surprising to me. I would be, I would be genuinely floored. It it wouldn't even surprise me if they get to that 50% by, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but by playing him almost as like a situational edge rusher in the first half. Yeah. Like second and long, third and long. Okay, Bose is going to be in, and then maybe in the second half, maybe into the fourth quarter, he he starts playing in in more every down situations. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. So, um, you know, it'll be up to like with with Nick Bose's potentially workload being lessened. Mm-hmm. You have Cleveland Furl, you have Drake Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys, I think, are substantial question marks. And after losing, you know, all the edge depth that the 49ers did this offseason, I think those guys are going to be under the spotlight because as of right now, it looks like the 49ers, Nick Bosa aside, have taken a pretty substantial step back in terms of the overall talent and production that mm-hmm. they had the last couple of years with Charles Amenahu, um, yeah. even Jordan Willis, yeah. Samson Ebukam obviously was a longtime starter. So, um, It'll be interesting to see just the defensive end position is going to be really important in this game. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's going to be really important on on both sides. The Niners getting home with their defensive ends and then figuring out how to slow down TJ Watt. And I guess he's technically an outside linebacker, but the edge rushers. He's an edge rusher. And, and that's what I have on tap is in relatedly on tap. I think Brock Purdy's going to be fine. I I think I don't think he's going to blow the doors off. I don't think he's going to stink. I think it's going to largely kind of look like what it looked like last year. And honestly, given where I thought he might be by week one, I think that's a huge victory for the 49ers. Not necessarily on the scoreboard, but just from a long-term standpoint for this season, if Purdy can come out in week one, 10 a.m. start on the road, really tough environment in Pittsburgh. It's a really well-coached team, specifically a really well-coached defense with Mike Tomlin. If Purdy goes out and is fine, I, I think not only can the 49ers win, I, I I would feel really good about them over the next 16 games as well. So that's what I think is on tap, is Brock Purdy's going to be fine. How do you feel about Colton McKivitz and, and TJ Watt, that matchup? Because I don't think, think TJ Watt's going to spend much time against Trent Williams. Or at least if I'm <laughs> Mike Tomlin, I wouldn't do that. Uh, then you know what? TJ Watt is a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Watt ducking the smoke. No, TJ Watt, no, no. coward. <laughs> yeah, he had six sacks on Sunday, but guess what? Zero against Trent Williams. Fraud. No, <laughs> no. I I, I think he's going to spend a ton of time lining up against Colton McKivitz, and that's if I was game planning for the Steelers, that's exactly what I would do. 
make him prove that he can pass block. And the 49ers are going to know. And so I think we see them have a lot of running back help where, you know, maybe McCaffrey's going to head out into the flat, but first he gets a chip on Watt on the way by. Uh, Maybe it's George Kittle lined up on that side and helping out. Maybe it's multiple tight end sets with, with not George Kittle on that side helping out with McKivitz. I I think you have to throw the kitchen sink at TJ Watt. If TJ Watt's having a huge game for Pittsburgh, it's going to be really hard for the Niners to move the ball. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the advantages the 49ers have because of just the amount of really talented skill guys they have is they don't always need George Kittle running routes. Yeah. Right? You can utilize him as as a blocker. So I would say maybe early in the season a trend that we see is just George Kittle operating in pass protection maybe more often just to on the right side just mm. to help Colton McKivitz. Yeah. And then, because you still have, you know, you still have Christian McCaffrey who's capable of running routes. You obviously have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Like, you still have capable pass options, guys who can win their one-on-one matchups and get open. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I wonder, like, we'll we'll have a really good idea of how confident the 49ers are in Colton McKivitz overall. I think just by the game plan in this game, because he is going to be seeing a lot of TJ Watt. And so we can um I think I think that Kittle idea and the help of McKivitz is gonna maybe maybe be a preview of our next segment we have we have after what's on tap. So I have one more what's on tap thing. Let's hear it. I kind of think the Steelers are gonna win. I had that circled I had that circled well before like when the schedule came out. And that has nothing to do with what I think necessarily about the 49ers, but this is the same team that lost to Chicago in Chicago last year. And it's a 10 a.m. start, like I said, in a tough environment against a well-coached team with a first-time starter at right tackle, some limited form of Nick Bosa and Brock Purdy playing in his first game since a major elbow injury. I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to probably be fine, but it wouldn't shock me at all if the Steelers won like 23-21. The 49ers have been a slow starting team for basically yeah. the three years in a row. Yeah. They've been a slow starting team. So, and, and that I know is something that they're really focused on coming out because obviously losses in September and October mattered just as much in the standings as losses in November and December. Yeah. But the difference has been obviously the 49ers have played a lot better in November and December. Um, and maybe it, it just has to do with the complexity of Kyle Shanahan's offense and how everything is so rhythm and timing based. Um, and obviously that's not unique, but like, it just seems like it takes the, over the last few years, and maybe there's been some injury stuff at play with this too, but it just seems like the 49ers offense just plays at a dramatically higher level later in the season than early in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. so you know, can can they get off to a faster start, particularly with Brock Purdy not having a normal offseason, obviously coming off elbow surgery? That's going to be really big. And look, like to your point about this game, aside from Philadelphia in week 13, I think this is far and away the toughest spot the Niners have all year. Oh, I hate a tough spot. Just like the toughest circumstance, like going to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to be really good this year. Like I, I think Pittsburgh has a chance to be a top three seed in in the AFC, and depending wow. on how good okay. on depending on how good Kenny Pickett is, like they they could be they could logistically logistic they could realistically be a a Super Bowl contender. Like that's I don't think that's hyperbolic. Um, given Mike Tomlin, given just the overall talent that they have, mm-hmm. um, and I I'm one of you know like. The the Steelers are one of those teams where they're they have so much organizational equity in my mind. Mm-hmm. That like if they're all in on somebody like Kenny Pickett, I'm inclined to be like, all right, let's see. Like, right. I, I think, yeah, like like they're they're not a team that's gonna go like all in on some schmuck. I'm right, dude. I'm right there. I'm <laughs> I believe in so the same way. I don't believe in like the lions like everybody's really hyped about the lions and i get it and i understand it but until i see the lions be really good i'm not gonna buy it all the way 
Right. I, I have to say with the Steelers, it's the opposite. Until I see the Steelers stink, I'm not buying that they're going to be bad. Yeah, they're always good. They're always at least good, or at least like a tough team. Right. So yeah, I mean, Nobody's, given, it's given been, the, go ahead. It's been 78 years since somebody looked at the Steelers on their schedule and went, oh, good, the Steelers. <laughs> you remember even the Niners home opener, what was that, 20, was that 2019? Yeah, the Super yeah, Bowl yeah. year they turned it over the, like five times. They turned it over five times and just barely beat Pittsburgh. They should have lost, but I think it was Nick Bosa forced to fumble, or maybe it was Eric Armstead forced to fumble late in that game where the Steelers were just kind of like trying to run out the clock. And then Dante Pettis had the game winning touchdown. <laughs> weird, weird times. Weird, weird year, we- weird game. Jimmy Garoppolo got the shit kicked out of him in that game. That was, that was Minka Fitzpatrick's first game, second game. That that was like week four, I think. So it couldn't have been his first one. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyways, was- uh, so yeah, I think I, I think the Niners lose this one, but then I think they win at least their next three. I think they start three and one. I definitely like. I would pick the fact that the Niners are favored on the road. I think is probably a mistake. Like if I were betting, I thought it was. I thought the point spread was two and a half. I I just the Steelers as home underdogs in their home opener, as good as the 49ers are or potentially will be, I just think that's that's a good spot to throw some money on the Steelers. But if the Niners won, then it's like, all right, this this is the team that they thought, you know, this is the team we expected. Uh yeah, right. I'll tell you what, I, I already think that the 49ers have a have a very good chance to go to and, and win the Super Bowl this year. If they handle the Steelers, and I'm not saying beat them by 30. But if they go win 24-14 and just like kind of control the game, I'll feel really good about the direction the Niners are heading. Like really, really good. I'd be very impressed if they went in and went in and and just kind of handled business. And maybe they do because apparently the vibes are through the roof now that Nick Bose is in the building. Yeah. So that's what's on tap. It's gonna be a physical game. <laughs> the uh big key for me, gotta win the turnover battle. <laughs> gotta win the turnover battle establish the run see you say that i think they need to win the line of scrimmage got it <laughs> that's a really strong point but even more than that you gotta touchdowns in the red zone you gotta turn red zone trips to touchdowns yeah you know you really do have to do that in the national football league <laughs> that's what's on top brought to you by cooper's brewing visit coopersbrewing.com today all right i'm so stoked for this we have a new sponsor, Prize Picks, prizepicks.com. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. The code is candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. So Prize Picks is daily fantasy. And I love the idea of daily fantasy sports. And it's honestly, it's super easy. You go into the site, prizepicks.com slash candlestick, or you can download the app. There's an app as well. And you go in, you make your picks, you pick two between two and six players, and you pick more or less based on the statistical projections provided by prize picks. Yeah, you can do a, a flex play or a power play. Yeah. Which is basically you can do like individual entries or combine entries for depending on how many you combine if you get them all you get you you get a multiplier depending on how many on on how many you get so for instance um i have i have two sets of four going into week one oh you have two sets yeah so if you do um basically if you hit all four it's 10x your your initial uh your initial entry. Dang. Okay. I messed up then. I only did three. <laughs> well I did I, I did four just just for for you know the point of practicing. Oh, okay. Um, I love that. But I, but I actually have I have three and then a couple of uh three and then a couple of honorable mentions for a fourth and fifth we can talk about if we have time. 
I I love this. Okay, so please. So basically, yardage totals. Um, you can do target totals. Uh, yeah, touchdown have... totals. It's more than or less than a given number. And if you're right on all of them, you can you can you know you do pretty well from a cash. daily fantasy perspective. Yeah. Yeah, they have NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, soccer, MLB, League of Legends. I think. FIBA World FIBA, Cup, Euro Golf, Euro Golf. Of course, I know you, dude. Tennis, you're going to be you're going to be making prize picks on Euro Golf all season. MMA, the Korean baseball or, organization, NHL. That so you you get it, and so it's easy. You select a sport, and then there's there's stats in like a kind of menu, like a sliding menu, and yeah, passing yards. They have like passing, rushing, and receiving TDs combined. They have the really fun one is like the passing yards combo. So it's like Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You pick more or less than X amount of yards. So really, really fun. I was having a blast going through this this morning. You have two. Do you want to go over both of them? No, one is just NFL wide and another one is specific to Niners Steelers. Okay, great. I, I did a I did a Niners Steelers uh, entry here. Okay. I'm going to do mine first. Great. So I added, if you, if you go in by the time we're listening to this or you're listening to this, this will, it might still be available. Let me, let me check. I'm going to have to do math on the fly here. Yeah. So 72 hours from right now, from 5 PM on Thursday in 72 hours, this goes off the board, but Dak Prescott, you can make an entry for Dak Prescott. It's half a passing yard. And you pick more or less. I definitely have that in my second NFL wide one. Yeah. I just tacked that on to my to my <laughs> Niner Steelers entry. So here's my here's my Niner Steelers entry. My first one, and, and if you have this as well, chime in. Yes. Christian McCaffrey passing, rushing, and receiving TDs combined. I have more than half. I need Christian McCaffrey to score one touchdown. And I feel really, really good about that. So I also did McCaffrey, but I did a different entry. I did over 101 and a half total yards or okay. rushing and receiving yards. Great. So I, if, I figure if McCaffrey has 50 rushing yards and 60 pat receiving yards, then, you know, yeah. obviously, obviously that checks out. So we uh, we're aligned on McCaffrey, I think, having having a big role in this game. Yeah, I, I think he. I, I think you might get to that hundred and one more so on the ground, because sure. I'm not. I'm not sure how much the Niners are going to be able to to throw it, or how much they're going to want to throw it. And yeah, the Christian McCaffrey touchdown pick. He had touchdowns in. Let's see how many touchdowns did he have? He had rushing touchdowns in his final. Or I'm sorry, yeah, rushing touchdowns. In four of his final five regular season games with the Niners, he had a touchdown in every playoff game. And I'm sorry, he had he had touchdowns in what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive games to close the regular season, and then all three playoff games. So I love Christian McCaffrey to to score a touchdown. I like him to go over that that hundred and one. Oh. And I like him to have more than that 101 rushing plus receiving as well. My yeah. my second 49ers related entry here. I have Debo Samuel getting more than 49 and a half receiving yards. Okay, make the case. I did not have Debo in this one. So it's a little tough picking which 49ers receiver is going to be that dude, but I think it's I think it's going to be Debo. Given what we saw in the regular in the preseason, given what we saw in in camp, Purdy and Debo seem to be on on the same page. And remember, Debo missed uh, three games that Purdy started toward the end of last season. So I think I need Debo to get to fifty receiving yards. If he gets eight nine targets, I, I think he I think he gets to that number. He might get to that number on one short throw. So. You know what? I just realized, much to my chagrin, mm-hmm. the jet sweep pot passes, mm-hmm. receiving yards. Yep. <laughs> you see the vision. You see the vision, dog. 
So I've got Debo Samuel more than 49 and a half receiving yards. And then I took George Pickens, the Steelers wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I have him more than, this is one of my favorite ones, more than 26 and a half receiving yards in his first two receptions. Oh, that's interesting. And George Pickens is a downfield guy. If he's catching two passes, at least one of those is going to be a deep shot. The Niners had a hard time defending deep passes last year. Talanoa Hufanga is dealing with an injury. He didn't practice Thursday. It might be Tayshawn Gibson, who's not the best athlete, and rookie Jair Brown in the secondary for the 49ers. George Pickens, I think, is is due for a huge year. I like him to go more than 26 and a half receiving yards in his first two catches. Okay. I feel really good about it. Okay. Um, so are those, those are all of yours, right? Yeah. So, it's, okay. So Jack I only Prescott, have more than half a passing yard, Christian McCaffrey, more than half a touchdown, George Pickens, more than 26 and a half receiving yards in his first two receptions and Debo Samuel more than 49 and a half receiving yards. Okay. I like those. Um, all right, here's mine and I'll, I'll add in one of my bonus ones since, uh, since we already talked about CMC. And I, and my, my entry of more than 101 and a half total yards. Um, Brandon Ayuk, more than 52 and a half, uh, receiving yards. Love it. Not a big Patrick Peterson guy at this point in his career. Sorry, but Patrick oh, Peterson is shit. not, is not what he used to be. I know he had sort of a resurgence season last year in Minnesota, signed in Pittsburgh to be a starting cornerback. I don't know, man. I think if you're Brandon Ayuk, you're you're probably pretty excited about that matchup. And I would make the same case for Levi Wallace. And even if it's not Levi Wallace, then you're talking about Joey Porter Jr., a promising second round pick, but a rookie in his first ever game. Um, I think there's just going to be opportunities for Brandon Ayuk to show off his route running, to show off his explosiveness in and out of breaks and his ability to get open. Um, mm-hmm. And I think teams are going to be just in general, including the Steelers, they're going to be so worried about Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey all year that mm-hmm. I think Brandon Ayuk is is going to be able to make some hay. So I'm going more than 52 and a half receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk. Great. Um, we talked about Christian McCaffrey. Pat Fryermuth. Oh, sorry. More than 336 and a half receiving yards. And this has a lot to do with the Niners injury situation. Um, Talano Hufanga has been dealing with sort of a weird knee issue and then was away from the team on during Thursday's practice for a personal reason. Um, so does that mean Jair Brown, the rookie third round pick is going to be starting at, at strong safety or if Talano Hufanga plays, is he going to be compromised by his knee issue at all? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little concerned about Hufanga's health status going into the season. This knee thing has been weird. You got Tayshawn Gibson dealing with a back injury. He practiced on Thursday, but you know, you don't love to hear about a back injury, particularly before any like real tackle football has been played. Um, I just think, you know, I think the middle of the field could potentially be there for Fryermuth. So more than 36 and a half uh receiving yards. I think that's pretty easy money. Um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that that's that's just a low total for me. Like I, I might, you know, I, I might still take the over if that number was like 46 and a half. Sure. Um, and then conversely, this is my, this, my other one. Um, Kenny Pickett, I'm going fewer than 218 and a half passing yards. Okay. He only went over 200 passing yards four times in his 12 starts last year. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time seeing him open the season against the team that was the best defense in the NFL last year with Nick Bosa and toe. Yeah. Getting 200 plus. Like, yeah. I think the Steelers are going to have to run the ball. Um, and I just I don't, love that pick. I don't see a scenario in which, in which Kenny Pickett is lighting the 49ers up. I think if the Niners, the Niners are to lose this game, they probably lose the turnover battle and maybe special teams is shaky. Um, and maybe some weird things happen, but if they play a clean game, I just don't see a scenario where the Steelers beat them with, with Kenny Pickett going off. I do think it's a losable game for sure. I think the Steelers are really, really good. Um, but I, I think if the Steelers win, it's not going to be because Kenny Pickett throws for 350 and four touchdowns. I think you're probably right. 
That's a very good projection though for Pickett. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting him in my, in my, in my picks here. Definitely not going to do that. So I got Brandon. It's a really Ayuk, good number. Brandon Ayuk more than 52 and a half receiving yards. I have Christian McCaffrey over a hundred, or sorry, more than, more than 101 and a half uh, receiving plus rushing yards. Pat Firemuth more than 36 and a half receiving yards. Kenny Pickett fewer than two, 218 and a half passing yards. And then just for fun. I love it. We had this, the, the, the George Kittle, Colton McKivitz discussion. I'm going fewer than five and a half targets for George Kittle. I like that. I was going to go fewer receiving yards for Kittle too, but then I just, it, it takes one extended play, a missed tackle, and all of a sudden George Kittle has 60 yards on one catch. Yeah, George Kittle, it could be I one just, of those like three catches, it. three catches, 80 yards for Kittle and a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I really, really dig the fewer than five and a half catches it was. Yeah. Five and a half I targets. I love that. Targets. Uh, targets. Targets. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I like that a lot. I think the Steelers are, are really going to try and take him out of the game. So you can go to prizepicks.com right now. It's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. While you're there, use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Chris and I will be posting our picks on social media. Send us yours. Once you've done them, I'm going to root my head off for everybody to be exactly right because we have the smartest listeners in football. So I know that everybody's prize picks are going to be great. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Okay, let's get to our buddy Neil. All right, y'all, 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love, I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies. And our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff, and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort, and we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing, and with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable, but Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need, and they happen to make very fashionable items also you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets we all love those but they can look a little bit boring sometimes you can get some leopard print you can get some inverted leopard print so the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool it looks almost like a dark camo well you can get regular leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit um you and i have both rocked the various animal prints they're not even animal prints but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions mm. favorite animals um you can get basic sweat shorts 
Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium, and super stylish. And I think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand. But Lamb Chops really stands out among the rest for that. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb Chops is leading the herd with original and high-quality clothing. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram, at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. All right, Neil Coolong's here. We were just talking for like 10 minutes, Neil, offline, and I forgot to ask you the name of your podcast. So I'm going to ask you now. Tell us about your Steelers podcast. The Steelers podcast that uh, Lance Williams and I have, uh, it's called The New Standard. This is going to be our third season doing it. Um, I'd be remiss if I said that we were on your guys' level. I don't quite think that we are. But um, certainly if you are into Steelers news, information, a bunch of, you know, kind of clowning around and (laughs) trying to make jokes out of things, uh, we're the place for you. We, We record live. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, and we'll do that throughout the season. Awesome. Hell yeah. So, Neil, longtime Steelers observer, um, I'm just going to ask you broadly, Kenny Pickett, good, bad, you optimistic, pessimistic, where are you at on him? This this is the thing I always come back to with Pickett. The best way to describe him at this point from what we've seen is the sum of his whole is greater than the sum of his parts. He doesn't have a, a, a big arm. He's not that extreme high-end arm talent kind of guy. He's reasonably athletic, but he's not a Lamar Jackson type. Um, he plays above what he has on a consistent basis. And the, the one thing that stands out to me, I think, more than anything, is in the, the pre-draft process, before I had even thought the Steelers would end up drafting him, I talked to a couple people within – uh, Pitt's athletic department and they said the same thing now maybe they're just telling me that because I'm in media and that this is what they're trained to say but they said it in basically the same way anybody in this building would run through a wall for Kenny Pickett and you can mm-hmm. see that about him when he plays the the, the style that he has um they, they're play- his first start was at Buffalo last year not a not a great place for a rookie to start and the final score reflected that pretty accurately um late in the game He's out of the pocket. He, he tries to make a play, gets rid of the ball, and he gets hit by a defensive end. I forget who it was. And it wasn't really a dirty hit. It was you know maybe a little low, but not anything that you'd freak out about. Pickett like, started fighting the guy like on the field. There was nobody else around. He wasn't you know shoving him and waiting for the offensive lineman to come in. Pickett was going after him. And the defensive end was like, what are you doing? I'll destroy you. <laughs> I can't fight back. That's who he is, though, I, I think. To some degree, he's that fiery competitor, and to some degree, he wants to show the veterans on the team he's going to fight to the end. And he, he has that kind of intangible uh, quality about him, and you, you really enjoy watching him uh, develop because of that. Now, it, is he going to be Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes? No, but I, I think he can be uh, a, a good starter in the NFL. He's just not going to be a stats guy. He's, he's somebody you want to – to have the ball when the game is tied in, in the fourth quarter. He's that kind of guy. Sounds similar was, to Brock Purdy a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people make that comparison, and I can see why. I mean, they're, they're two guys that, um, again, the, the, the sum of their parts is less than the sum of their whole. They're, they're players that put everything together well, play within their structure well. People will throw out the, the cliche, he's a game manager. I, I, I hate that term anyway. I mean, they're all game managers if you want to look at it like that. But the system quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, they're not going to blow you away physically. Therefore, we have to come up with some, you know, vague, intellectual sounding term to, to describe him. He's not a high end talent, he's not a physical talent, but he reads the game well. The game doesn't move too fast for him, he doesn't make mistakes. Purdy is probably better in that department than Pickett is at this point in their career but they're they're two guys you're interested in seeing how they're going to continue to develop because they're being coached up well and that's evident by the the success that they're having it was really hard to be on social media during training camp this year and not see a highlight of George Pickens doing something kind of superhuman outside of Pickens I I was going to say Pickett Pickens do the Steelers have uh, reliable weapons because we talk about, you know, Brock Purdy, but the thing with Brock Purdy is look at all these dudes the Niners have 
for him to distribute the ball to. Is the Steelers offense going to come down to Kenny Pickett airing it out to George Pickens and crossing his fingers? Um, it, to be honest, I think it'll be the opposite because, you know, it, it doesn't take a, a genius to look at the Steelers and say they, they ain't got the dudes San Francisco George has, Pickens going to throw it to Kenny Pickett. I, yes, that, that <laughs> you say it, it gets into my head. I would, I practiced this all last season. Um, Pickens is a highlight player. The one guy that, that, uh, to this point, he kind of reminded me of was, um, and of course, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Brandon Lloyd. You remember Brandon Lloyd? In San oh, yeah. Niners legend. Oh, yeah. Circus, a, a, a circus like player. Not a guy that you're getting the ball 150 times a, a season to for that reason. Yeah. He's not that good. He's, he's, um, oh boy. Joe Burrow just signed an extension. Um, he's oh. a, a <laughs> he's a fantastic traffic player. You know, what, what Mike Tomlin would call a combat catch guy. Uh, a large a large part of that is because he isn't getting open all that much. You know, you flip over to the other side. Deontay Johnson is a guy that gets 160 targets a season, and there are not many receivers who have gotten uh, as many passes thrown to him as as Johnson has over the last three years. He knows how to get himself open. He's half as talented as Pickens is, but Pickens didn't play much. You got to keep that in mind. He only had I don't think he had, mm. he didn't even play a full season at Georgia. He got hurt. Um, and then he, he went pro because the guy is an absolute freak. I mean, he really is, but it, it takes some time. You know, they're not all Calvin Johnson plug and play out of the box, you know, 1400 yard receivers. He's got to get right. better as a player. And th- this is a big season for him. We like what we see. And we, we saw, um, certainly the, the, the amazing athleticism. And I don't think any receiver in the league tracks a deep ball as, as well as Pickens does. Um, they, they've got to incorporate him a bit more. They've got to get him uh, down the field, but, uh, the hope really is he's rounding out his game. He's developing as a receiver. And last year you could see that he was a rookie. Let's put it that way. You know, he, he didn't have the fluidity. He didn't have the balance of, of a good re- route running receiver yet. Uh, Joe Burrow, five year, two seventy five. That's a, that's a cool 55 million per um, you guys so... discuss this amongst yourselves. I'll be here waiting for the structure. <laughs> <laughs> Which means Brock Purdy will get five years and uh, and three hundred and twenty million in two years. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe uh, I want to go he... back to every Bengals fan that I talked to this off season and tell them that I called that exact number. Two seventy five oh, nice. is what he's going to get because oh, this okay. isn't nearly the negotiation people think that it is. It's pretty much no. you wait for the last one and then you tack on a certain amount. Yes. And you kind of battle over details from there. Yeah. It's it's not that hard to do. Exactly. Um, so generally on the Steelers as a whole, I'm pretty optimistic about just what they could be long term this year. Um, Sunday aside, I, I think, you know, I just have a lot of trust in their organizational stability and Mike Tomlin and their front office. They're just one of those teams, and I mentioned it to Kyle a little bit earlier that like when they make a decision on a guy, particularly like Kenny Pickett, I just tend to think like they're smart people. They're probably not making a completely boneheaded decision, which leads me to believe given just the overall talent on the roster, um, the infrastructure in place that they could potentially be a top three seed in the AFC this year. Um, Where do you stand on just how good the Steelers could be in 2023? I think what the the thing that stands out to me the most about them um, really is what they've lacked over the last three years. It was obvious at the end of of Ben Roethlisberger's career, um, they were in for some some rougher times. Um, they withstood that a lot better than I thought that they would, and credit to them for that. But what they've really done over the last two seasons was add an enormous amount of depth that they didn't have. They went from being, you know, kind of older and, and not really all that explosive. Uh, to really young and guys that are going to get a good amount of work. They're going to get snaps. They're going to get better. Uh, this year's draft class, for example, was, was, you know, highly lauded by, by everybody. And I would agree with it. They, they got a lot of really good football players. Um, the previous year though, their draft was also excellent, you know, so it, you put those two together. That's not something they've done. Uh, recently, they they changed their evaluation. They, they got, I think, more in line with a new direction. Um, post Roethlisberger, this is what we need to do. We need to build out a full team. Uh, and they've done a great job of that. Uh, Keanu Benton 
the second round pick out of Wisconsin. You're going to hear his name quite a bit. Uh, he's going to probably play a, a good amount on Sunday. Um, he might be the best out of anybody in that class that they took. And it's a really good class. Um, they're able to find key players, foundation players who will pan out for them. They don't miss on value picks all that often, no. although everybody does. Uh, but when you are getting rounds one, one and two, I guess, call it that, uh, and some benefit out of three, but then you're also getting quality players out of four and five. Uh, the biggest problem you have is how do you pay everybody? Those are the best teams, you know? So for, for what I think the Steelers have done uh, in, in building it up, they, they were patient. They went after bedrock guys first, um, their offensive line, you know, they, they had to dip into free agency a little bit, but they just drafted their first offensive tackle in, I don't know, 40 years or something like that in the first round uh, in Broderick Jones. And he probably isn't even going to start on Sunday. They're, they've added young players to key positions and they're, they're trying to, to consistently build up depth. You know, for example, if they signed two tack or two uh, offensive guards to starting contracts, um, you know, with a, 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 James Daniels, who was signed the season before that to be a starter. So they've got three guards now on roughly starting contracts because they didn't have depth before. You know, something's going to happen to an interior lineman. It happens all the time. Uh, they have depth at all of these positions, whereas before they didn't, you know, to, to the point where you've got to drag, you know, Trey Turner out of basically retirement to, to play snaps for you. He wasn't even close to good enough. Um, they had receivers dragging down the field toward the end of last season. Oh, wait, that was just Chase Claypool, and that was midway through the year. You get rid of the dead weight, and you add in younger players that have talent that can play right away, and all of a sudden they're there. You know, and I, I don't know. I'm hesitant to say a top three seed, but to be honest with you, I don't. Kansas City is a really good football team. Um, minus Chris Jones, we'll find out here tonight uh, how good they're going to be, but. I don't think Cincinnati is is as unbeatable as everybody makes them out to be. Um, Buffalo, we've seen cracks in their armor before. Uh, Baltimore mm-hmm. will be a good team, but I, I don't know if you could just flatly say that they're considerably better than Pittsburgh. I, I think the AFC might be more open than people think that it is. And I think Pittsburgh, if nothing else, they're going to be a very tough team to beat. And that, yeah. that makes them dangerous. I don't know if they're better than 10 wins, though I, I think 10 wins this season would be phenomenal for them. And I, I think they're really building to something uh, for next year. But I, I think this is still going to be uh, an improving year for them. But I, I could be wrong. You know, they they're, they have depth and they have talent at a lot of positions. And I I'm, I'm I keep repeating this because I'm telling you, two years ago, they were devoid of anything optimistic. And they yeah. grossly overachieved. They were way better than they should My Tomlin, been. baby. Yeah. Hey, you know, it, it's, you look at the talent that they had, you look at the guys they had playing, you know, they, they had something called Daniel Archibong playing 35 snaps That's a game on their defensive line. Yeah. That's I swear to God, man. the guy is real. The guy is real. They knew he was out there because they ran out of every play. <laughs> they had um, Watt and Alex Highsmith, uh, their outside linebackers were injured a game. They had Bison legend Derek Tuska and Taco Charlton starting on the road against Cleveland, a game they won somehow. They had Jeez. no business in winning. There, there were all kinds of problems like that, and they were junk to start the year, to be honest. Then they got hurt a bunch in, in the early part of the season, yet they still win six of eight down the stretch to, to finish nine and eight and get the right to go to, to Kansas City and let them take batting practice on you the entire second half, but – they, they were building to something. Last year was similar to that. You know, they, they won a lot of close games down the stretch uh, after a really bad start. One of the worst offenses in franchise history, maybe the worst. Um, for, for them to continue to battle, it's like they've learned how to wrestle from the mat up. And now they have a lot more depth. They have a lot more talent. They have a, a, a good quarterback who's not Mitch Trubisky from training camp starting in week one. They they can make hay with that, you know, and maybe get off to a better start, which they haven't really done the last couple of years. And maybe that's the difference between 11 wins and nine. You know, I, I, I'm optimistic yeah. about that. I don't know where the ceiling is exactly, but uh, they'll, they'll be a tough team. They'll be competitive. I think one of the, the, the things that gets underrated about the 49ers defense, I don't want to say underrated, but so much gets talked about their, their linebacking or their 
pass rush when really I think one of the keys to their defense is their ability to cover in the middle of the field with their linebackers. And conversely, I think the reason their offense is so successful is because a lot of other teams don't have uh, linebacking cores that can cover the middle of the field that effectively. Can the Steelers linebackers cover, Neil? Uh, not Fred Warner level. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody can. But um, that that's a that's an area of concern, I would say. I think in this transition, um, you might remember the name Devin Bush. He was a guy they drafted. They traded assets yeah. to move up to get 10 overall who never really played particularly well. Um, he's gone and they have Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, and whatever's left of Quan Alexander, probably going to platoon between those two inside linebacker positions. Oh, revenge um, game. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a strength, but I would say this across the NFL. I don't know how many uh, inside middle linebackers, are covering at an exceptional level. You guys are used to that, but that's not how the rest of the world lives. You know, they, they're, they're not going to be solid by themselves. Um, this is also though, why you put a bunch of money into probably the best safety in the game it, with, with Mick and Fitzpatrick, you can bracket guys. You don't have to ask something called a Landon Roberts to, to carry George Kittle 12 yards down the field. You're right. able to cut him off short and, and just bracket him wherever he goes. And to be honest, you're not putting Kittle one-on-one actively against anybody anyway. So um, they're run stoppers. I think Quan Alexander is kind of a wild card. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with with Keanu Neal. Um, He's kind of a a safety linebacker hybrid type. Um, We'll we'll see how that unit defends the pass. Um, But like anybody, I think it's going to be kind of a soft spot. It's just hard to do that as an offense. Uh, repeatedly, but if you can, you know, roam free in the middle of the field like that, uh, and keep Minka Fitzpatrick back, you're going to have a lot of success. I, I think that's, you know, San Francisco has that down pat. Other teams won't have that, but that's going to be a, a, a thing for the Steelers all year, I'm sure. So what's what's the feeling of confidence in Pittsburgh? I guess what what are you know? I don't know if you if you pay attention to like the heartbeat of the fans or whatever. Is there an extreme amount of confidence for them coming into this game? And what's, what do you think is going to happen in this game Sunday? I've been in this segment. I've described the Steelers as basically flat, terrible going into the last two seasons. Yinzer nation felt the exact opposite. So now that there's tangible reason to have optimism about this team, they're going through the roof. I mean, they're, they're, they're very excited. Kenny Pickett clearly is one of the five best players in the game. TJ Watt already <laughs> has his bust in Canton. Uh, that, that's, that's the way Steelers fans are. And I'm sure that's pretty much true anywhere, but, um, they, they have a lot of reason to be optimistic. Um, what a great opponent week one, though. I mean, that, that's, it, it's a great matchup in a lot of ways. And I think, uh, from a preseason in which Kenny Pickett literally did no wrong every time he was out, they scored five touchdown drives that, that he started. Um, it like, not that preseason ratings matter, but his rating was like 150 or something like that. They look great. They, they, they really executed well. That's not going to happen again in San Francisco. So, um, I think they'll come down to earth with this game, but there, there's still a lot of reason to be excited. They're, they're through the roof, probably, uh, you know, even 30% higher than they normally would be with their gross exaggeration. They, they can back some of that up. This is a good team. Um, and it's been a little while uh, since the team had, you know, tangible reasons to be excited instead of really you're you're trying to talk yourself into it because it's the start of football season like they've kind of done the last two years. Right. Who's going to win? Um, I go back and forth on this. I The prediction I made on the podcast for, you know, interest and in, fairness and savagery act, um, I said on the podcast, 1917 Steelers. That was prior to Bosa signing his extension. Now I saw mm-hmm. today that he was working by himself on the side of the field, which I kind of thought he was doing throughout August anyway. So As I don't know where no he is. Yeah, <laughs> get away. <laughs> they should be forcing him to, to to buy lunch and all that. But it, it's it's a tough game. I, I Pittsburgh at home. Um, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I I'm feeling upset in this one. I I think 1917 seems fair. I think it's going to be a, a very tight defensive game. Um, coach on coach, skill on skill. It, it's some of that 
you split it down the middle. I can go back and forth on this. I'm not great at making picks in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> For I'll, what it's worth, I have, I have the Steelers winning 23-21. Uh, 23 against that team. Oh, I don't know. That's the thing. Anybody, <laughs> anybody I'll, I'll say the Steelers are going to win. Anybody else tells me they give me their score prediction. I'm like, no, no, not a chance. They're terrible. <laughs> I, I don't know. Perfect. I, 1917 seems right. I just feel like it's going to be, uh, you know, one one of the quarterbacks is going to make a mistake each, and one defense is going to be able to overcome it. And I, I think the, the Steelers at home, their key player is rested, healthy. He's practiced. He's out there. I, I think the Steelers will get one more play on him in this game. For the sake of uh, for the sake of balance, I'm going to say 23-16 Niners. Nice, dude. So love the zag. Yeah, obviously that's correct. There's no way the Steelers are winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the optimist. Uh Neil, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I think I texted you the day the schedule came out and I was like, hey, you want a pod? Oh <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I was yes. I wanted to <laughs> wanted to get you on mine, but well, we don't really <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing anyway. You brought that up. I was like, oh shit. I can't. <laughs> I'm sure Steelers it, it, fans are dying to hear from a from a couple of Niners podcasters for sure. Well, I, I yes, <laughs> all twelve or thirteen people that, that listen to it will be super excited. Gone for a I shouldn't say this. All right, Neil, Neil Coolong, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hopefully, we can uh, we can catch up soon. Eat some um, lemon pepper chicken wings like Come old on. times. And, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that and reminisce. Waiting for that. Missed the hell out of you guys. It was a lot of fun. Likewise. Thanks, Neil. See ya. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.